Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 20-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two you would mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating interview, and or tell a friend or two. Happy thought of the day is by W.C. Fields. I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 282. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler Zombrota, and the B-Dale Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. On a frenzy of learning new songs I could put into my one-man band, Funky Show, recent favorite, What's On Your Mind, by Information Society. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday played at Pub 42 in New Holt, Minnesota. Great to see my cousins Alicia and Sean, also Minnesota music great Jody Hanks. Thursday played at Beatle Club in St. Paul slash Roseville, Minnesota. Great to see Kara and Dave off from a night bowling to enjoy the show. Friday played Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Fully socially distanced house that night and again played three hours straight. Saturday played at Rosetown American Legion in Roseville, Minnesota. Great to see Nick and his Uncle Kev rocking out with the crew. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, I'll be playing at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, March 11th, I'll be playing at B-Dell Club in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Saturday, March 13th, I'll be playing at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 p.m. DJ Gino to follow. This part one of two, talking whiskey and cocktails with Brian Reese from Volstead House in Egan, Minnesota. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Brian Reese, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. <laughs> How you doing there, Brian? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you, man. Good to uh, see you cheers. as well. We're here at Volstead cheers, House. Friend. Yes, cheers. <laughs> and uh, I've talked to Brian about being on the show probably for the last year, probably, or so. Mm-hmm. And Brian is a very popular bartender slash, what's a mixologist you'd call yourself? I prefer bartender. Bartender. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, mixologist, I don't know, yeah. You can say yeah, that in the Twin Cities. Um, so one of my favorite places to play at and had to come to is the Volstead House here in Egan. And it's a, just a huge wall of all these whiskeys and different types of liquor. And it just is, there's no TVs. It's right out of a right out of an Al Capone speakeasy movie. And since 2020 was kind of like 
being in a, uh, the Roaring Twenties, yeah. I thought we should do a podcast out here and talk about whiskey a little bit and drinks and different types of stuff and things for you to try and just talk booze for a little bit. Is that cool with you, Brian? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we're cheersing to my my favorite drink. I think I've said it on the show before of all time is a Sazerac. And so, Brian, you introduced me to a Sazerac. What is what are we drinking here? Well, it's an old classic from uh, New Orleans, um, and it's it's actually really simple. It's a couple, uh, you know, couple ounces of uh, rye whiskey, a little bit of sugar, um, a healthy. I do nine dashes of Peychaud's bitters, and then uh, a couple dashes of Angostura, and uh, a little spray of absinthe in the glass, and a lemon rip on top. So, what does the absinthe do? So absinthe, I mean, I absolutely love absinthe. Um, in small quantities, it's fantastic. It, it just, when you use it in, in a small quantity, you don't necessarily know that it's there. It doesn't stick out that much, but you would know if it wasn't there. So it's, it adds a little bit of an herbal quality to your cocktail, um, a little bit of anise. Um, I also have used it in larger quantities in drinks, but... For most applications, it might just be a quarter ounce, maybe just a spritz in the glass, maybe a little glass rinse of it, um, and that's plenty. Is it similar to, like, vermouth? No. No. Like, opposite end of the spectrum from vermouth. <laughs> you know, super high alcohol content, anywhere from 120 to even 160 um, proof it can be. And what type of, like, what is absinthe? When I went to college, I went for an art edge majors, but I took a bunch of art classes. And we were warned about the effects of absinthe studying, like, artists like Toulouse-Lautrec from, like, Paris and stuff. They would drink absinthe, and they'd see the Green Fairy. And where did that all come from, do you think? Well, they call it, when you're drinking absinthe, they call it dancing with the Green Fairy. Um, most of it is green in color. It doesn't have to be green. Um, but there was a... Um, a component in it called wormwood that way back when people thought it made you hallucinate similar to LSD or make you do crazy shit. <laughs> there was uh, oh, there was this famous artist. I, his, his name is, escapes me right now, but he was rumored to have lopped his ear off when he was in a you know binge of absinthe. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Van Gogh. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah, he chopped off his ear. Yeah. So. It was, you know, it, it was illegal in the United States for many for many years. We all know that. Um, and so because of that, New Orleans kind of had to come up with, with its own thing for a while there. So there is another. So there's other versions of it. There's one called Herb Saint that uh, originates from New Orleans that they came up with for this cocktail. Because when they couldn't get absinthe anymore. You know, this was one of their most famous drinks. Was really? A, was, oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a Sazerac. Coming March 24th. On this date, 45th Parallel will be releasing their first ever new Richmond rye whiskey finished in port wine barrels. Why the 24th? This date marks the 14th birthday as a distillery. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy. Slow fermentation, slow infusion, 
slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue in Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 4DiffAppareloDistillery.com for hours and more information. So we're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians. Try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. And what does Sazerac mean? What is a Sazerac? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's typically made with Sazerac rye. Okay. So I'm going to say it's, that's it just came from the main ingredient. Okay. Sazerac rye, which comes out of Buffalo Trace Distillery. And that's where the you know name culminated from. So I would say absinthe is definitely one of those booze that has that kind of folklorish aura around it, like dangerous. And Oh, it does. Is there any other types of liquor that you know of that have that same type of aura? Mm, not like absinthe. No. Not like absinthe? Not like absinthe. Uh-uh. I, mean, I went nothing... to UW-Stout in Menominee, Wisconsin, so Jack Daniels was the absinthe of UW-Stout. <laughs> Grow, uh, they would grow physical devil horns on my roommates <laughs> and stuff, drinking a bunch of that shit. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Lots of horror stories of Jack Daniels. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, that's the only, you know, spirit known around the world that has a notoriety is absinthe. Okay. And because it was outlawed in many countries. Why was it outlawed? Because of that, because of that whole Wormwood LSD, you know connection which 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 isn't really doesn't really exist people did weird shit on absinthe because the shit's 130 proof and if you drink enough of it you fucking go out of your mind <laughs> like, you know what i mean like anybody would um it had it, i don't it really had nothing to do with the with the wormwood itself but somewhere down the road people connected it to, to uh to tripping on acid and that's kind of where they're like okay this is this stuff's a little uh you know and when you're talking about the united states you know how we are with stuff yeah you know what i mean I thought of another type of liquor that has that folklore around it, moonshine. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What is moonshine? Well, so moonshine, well. We're just here to talk booze. And we'll talk yeah. about your life, too, how you become yeah. this uh, classic bartender and how you make this stuff. But what's, what's moonshine? Moonshine is uh, essentially, you know, corn whiskey. Whiskey made illegally, you know, up in the hills, up in the mountains, in the woods that uh, came about uh, when Prohibition started. Right, people couldn't get whiskey anymore, so they started making their own. And they didn't—it didn't have to be made from corn. Some of the, some guys they just made it out of straight sugar. Really? Yeah, they just took yeah they make a have a makeshift uh, still out in the woods, sugar, yeast, water. Right, that's yeah. all you need. Have you ever been to like an old traditional still or tried it yourself <laughs> in some woods somewhere? I have not. No, no. I mean, I've been—I don't know. I've been tempted to. I've got. I've actually got a couple regulars that pop in here uh, now and again that uh, make their own hooch, and uh, they brought me in some of their stuff, and I've I've sampled it. They make. They've made their own rum. They made their own whiskey, um, but you know when you're doing it, I mean it can be dangerous when you're doing it by yourself. Yeah, you got to be careful of what of what you're doing, or you could be drinking straight. You know, poison. <laughs> A folklorish one talking about UW Stout again was Everclear. I wrote a song back in the day called Pucker and Everclear. <laughs> what is Everclear? Everclear is just uh, grain whiskey. Or not grain whiskey, I'm sorry, just straight grain alcohol. Um, but the Everclear you get in Wisconsin, though, is in the neighborhoods of 190 proof. Okay, so that is almost, you know, pure alcohol. 
Now, in Minnesota, you can't get it that strong because it's illegal to even purchase. To, it's, see, it's illegal in Minnesota to have Everclear that strong here. Wow. But what's great about Everclear is I, I actually use it quite a bit as when I'm making uh, tinctures. What's, what are those? So a tincture, you've heard of bitters, right? Of course. Angostura bitters, everyone knows about that. So a tincture is essentially a one-ingredient bitter. Okay. And, what's, and so by using real high-proof spirit like, uh, like Everclear, it extracts flavor really well, right? So if I wanted to make a tincture with, say, let's just say rosemary, all right, I can take some jar of, you know, mason jar of Everclear, throw in a handful of rosemary, Three days later, I've got a tincture. Outstanding. And then I can just filter it, you know, put it into a little dropper bottle, and I can do that, you know, with any type of herb that you that you'd like to. Cool. Yeah. So when you you were telling me before that, so we're drinking the classic Sazerac recipe, but here at Volstead you have. What's it? I'm trying to find it on here. I have a, I have one of the menus right here. It might not be. It might not be on here, but. But oh like, yeah, it's on, it's on there. It's on there. So we do we do a twist on it. So we you know we in ours we throw in a little apple brandy. We throw in some rye. Um, we use demerara for your sugar, which is just an unrefined uh, sugar. Um, and otherwise, everything else is pretty much the same. I it, guess. I it, guess my question is, how does um, how do you go from your, the classic Sazerac to your own that you're gonna like? market here at like a bar you're working at volstead well so what volstead's we, we and why would you monkey with the classic well here's what i'll tell you every cocktail on every you know on every menu today is a riff on a classic and i'm i mean every almost almost every single cocktail and i'm talking all the great cocktail bars us included you know the classics are classics for a reason because they were you know fantastic and so most drinks are a riff on a classic. Some are harder to recognize than others, what the original drink started as, you know what I mean? Um, but they're all riffs on something that came before it. Yeah. So, you know, when we put a Sazerac on our menu, we're just saying, you know, we love the, we love the cocktail. Here's a little bit of a different variation of it. Um, and, we're, and using our own barrels, right? So I've got a barrel of a Jay Carver. It's from Jay Carver, Minnesota uh, Distillery. Um, I've got a barrel of, a, of her rye, and we have a barrel of her apple brandy. And we thought that would be a fun, uh, you know, fun pairing to put into a Sazerac. And how many, when you make them, how much practice does it take? Do you guys, like, how do you guys, like, sit around and try different ones and kind of mix it? Oh, a little more of this, a little more of that. How do you guys do that? I mean... Essentially, you know, there's there are rules when it comes to cocktails. There are um, ratios, and you know, like and templates, you know, that you kind of go off of. Um, so that's kind of where we start. You know, is is working off the the classic template of whichever it is we're using, um, and just going from there, and just and yeah, just experimenting. Spring will be here before you know it. Drive into warmer weather with the 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 from ID Chrysler Zombroda. And springtime is also detailed. The car weather time for me and Copper, the Wonder Golden, like to cruise around St. Paul in style in our black Jeep Cherokee we got from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles of my old car, which is just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler. And the staff can more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is 
simple, time-saving, hassle-free fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrotaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombrota today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. You know, you make one. I mean, every once in a while, coming up with a cocktail, I've made, you know, say I get an idea, I come to work, I make the things I need to make, whether it's a homemade syrup or whatever. Every once in a great while, you make a drink one time, the first time, and it's perfect as is. Really? I've done that a couple times. What's the drink? What's the um, you made? I've got one on my menu called the Grumpy Old Man. And that one actually, I was, I went to bed, you know, thinking about drinks because I had a menu coming up. And I literally, when I woke up in the morning, this drink idea popped in my head. Like, it doesn't ever happen like that, but this time it did. And it was like, okay, scotch, pear, cinnamon, lemon. Okay, now you wouldn't think scotch would go with pear or cinnamon, you know, but it, it worked. So I came to work. I made my cinnamon syrup. I made a, uh, a pear uh, shrub, right? Made the drink one time. And I'm like, it's done. Like, I don't need to tweak that drink at all. It's perfect the way it is. And that's the same, that same version is the one that's been on my menu now for two years. Wow. Does, so, it, does it get over with the customers here? They order that one? Absolutely. That's why it's still on the menu. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's just, and it just, you know, it worked. No, that doesn't always happen. There's times when I'll make a drink, you know, 10 times. And it's still not where I want it. So, I mean, I, so I ended up coming up with my own kind of personal rule that when I'm making up a new drink, I'll make it five times. And if it isn't headed in the right direction, then I just scrap it. I scrap it and just start over. That kind of connects it to, like, my world of songwriting. Yeah. I learned a long time ago that you can, let's say you write a version of a song. You can keep monkeying with it if you want, whatever, and like kind of spend a few days tweaking. But if it's just going to rewrite it, rewrite it. And if it's just the shits, just write another song. You know, start a new cocktail. Start over. Yeah, just start yep. all over. Because like what your story reminded me of Paul McCartney's when he wrote the song Blackbird. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life, you were only... Off the White Album, he just woke up in the morning and had this song in his head, just like you woke up and had the Grumpy Old Man recipe in your head. Yep. And so that's how songs work sometimes, and it's how that doesn't work sometimes either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think probably some of the best songs come maybe out of that, you know what I mean? When something just comes to you, you know... Yes, all, I think All so. at once... The only thing to worry about that is oftentimes it's just straight plagiarized. Like it's some song you heard before when you bent to bed. Oh, that's you a good twist point. the lyrics just a little bit and it's right? stuck right there. <laughs> that's what Paul McCartney was worried about, I believe. He's like, you sure this hasn't been written before? Because it sounds pretty straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So when I was here, I brought my father here last year. A big cool thing that he really enjoyed and my family enjoyed was when you bring out the smoke machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so can you tell us how that works? What's the point of it besides the, the Houdini showmanship to it? What sure. does it do, and how, and how does it work? Well, there's multiple ways of smoking a cocktail, and we've done it multiple ways. You know, I've 
we, you know, I've had drinks where we build, a, we literally build a little fire on a on a skillet, right? Send it out to the table, still on fire. You take your glass, turn it upside down, smother the fire, and then let the smoke smoke your glass. Are you serious? So that's one way we've done it. You know, I've, the, the way I got it going right now is I've got a smoke box to where so where I make the drink in its entirety, put it in the box. Okay, I've got a little apparatus called a smoking gun where I put tiny little wood chips in it, and I fill the box full of smoke, and then the whole the whole drink gets smoked that way. Um, we've also just taken mason jars. We put in a drink, you know, put a cocktail in a mason jar, filled the mason jar full of smoke, put a cap on it. Shook it up, sent that out to the table. Um, you can just take a, a, a piece of a cedar plank, right? Torch, torch the plank, put a glass on top of that, smoke it that way. All kinds of different ways you can do it. It's, it's not in there long enough to actually add flavor, but it's going to add aroma, okay? So every time you, you go to bring that glass to your mouth and you're taking a sip, you're going to smell you know, whatever type of wood you're using. I use all different kinds of wood. Hickory, apple, pecan, oak. Can you taste the difference? Um, there, yeah, absolutely. When you're, if you're using hickory as opposed to like something a little more subtle like apple, there is a big difference. And if you were to drink a drink or, you know, imbibe in a cocktail that, that had been smoked and one that had not been smoked, you can absolutely tell a difference. Yeah, yeah. But when you think about it, you're, you know, your taste buds are very much tied into your sense of smell. So can you, so it's all, it's all connected, you know what I mean? The second you set it down, there's, a, there's the visual, right? You, you know, you see the drink, you know, and then if you can smell the drink before you even taste it, you know what I'm saying? So you see it, you smell it. So you've already got, you know, your mind is already working. Your taste buds are already kind of, you know, preparing itself for, for what's coming next, Right. And then, you, then when you actually bring the glass up to your lips, and then you, and then you finally take a sip, well, you, you know, you've already got all these elements at work before, you, before you're even taking that first sip, right? Yeah. So it's all about participation and anticipation. I want to talk about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner, Conroe Road B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is the truth. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always out of this world. Congrats to B-Dale and show regular vet for her new job at the Legion. Rob, Emily, Natalie, Kate, Shelly, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. I've been told after being talked to one of these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails. I sell them like hotcakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tents, bingo nights, botch ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. Um, and it just adds to the whole experience, I think. How did you learn this stuff? Well, I mean, should we go to your life story now? How you can, got to this point? Yeah, of, we can go through it a little bit. Um, I know you. I first met Brian here. I've probably known you for God. It's it's way over ten years because yeah. Um, I met you playing Boston's with Dan Neal. Well, that was like I can't think of how many years ago. That's when I first met you. That was before Lucky's. I've been here for four. Lucky's was ten. And then, I, and then when you switched to Lucky's, I was at Mendota with you. So that was probably, that was like 15 years ago. 15, I've known you for 15 years. Maybe a little longer, yeah. Wow. And then we know each other. We have a similar friend, the first guest on this podcast. This will be probably episode 282. 
and the episode one guest is Brandon Helgeson, a music <laughs> booking guy in Rochester. We were originally from Rochester, right? Yeah, yeah. And so small world as far as that goes. No, seriously, yeah. That cracked me up when you told me that. <laughs> He'll be listening to this one for sure. So, yeah, I guess how did you get to this point? And then I worked with you at Lucky's 13, and then yep, yep. me and Julio is then over here, and, and it's been you've been a big supporter of live music for the last big chunk of my life. So I yeah. appreciate that. And uh, how'd you get to the point to know this much about, like, make this into such a Van Gogh-ish experience? Well, I mean... I've been doing this for 25-something years, and, you know, you've got your people in the bar business that do it for a short period of time, and then they get out, and then you've got your people that fall in love with it, like me, and it becomes their passion, um, and it's been my passion over the years, and, you know, back when I first started bartending in the 90s, you know, at least in the Midwest, a lot of this stuff hadn't really, wasn't really going on yet, you know, the, um, the classic cocktail, you know, renaissance and uh, resurgence um but for me personally you know a lot of this was self-taught you know back in those days there weren't a thousand cocktail books written by all the cool cocktail bars in the world because they weren't they really weren't around quite yet or if they were they hadn't they weren't world renowned yet you know what i mean they made it they might have had a little scene out in new york that if you lived in new york you knew about it but if you lived in you know twin cities in minnesota you weren't really that aware of it um so for me, it was always my progression through cocktails was always just looking on how to make a better drink. You know what I mean? Um, and so a lot of it was just on my own, on, you know, searching out old, old cocktail books. I've got a bunch of old cocktail books, you know, from the, from that originated in like the 30s and the 40s. You know, the Savoy cocktail book, um, you know, Jerry Thomas, he's, he is the king, right? In the cocktail world, Jerry Thomas is king, right? And he's got an old. He's got one of the very first cocktail books ever written. I have a copy of that. Um, I've got. I've I inherited some old drink books from uh, from my great aunt from like the you know the 50s and the 60s. And so I'd go through these old you know torn up books and look at these old look at look at uh, look at the drinks they were doing. You know, of course, the internet of course was a resource later on. Um, but a lot of it was self-taught. Now today. I, you know, we've got all these cocktail books written by all these, you know, awesome bars. I buy those books too, you know what I mean? And I've picked up a lot, you know, from from that too as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's just always been about searching for a better drink, a better way of doing things, better ingredients, right? You know, back in the 90s, it's all about convenience, bottled products, Bottled grenadine, bottle this, bottle that, high fructose corn syrup, all this garbage, basically, that we're putting in cocktails. Um, where today, it's like come full circle to where we're doing it back the way they used to do it. And that was by making everything from scratch. All your syrups. I've got 30, you know, syrups that I make in-house every week. You know what I mean? Everything, if you can make it from scratch, it's going to taste better. If you make it out of real fruit, it's going to taste better, right? If you make it with premium spirits, it's going to taste better. Yeah. So that's kind of where, it, where it's, you know, what it's all about. Just continually searching, you know, to make something taste better, better experience overall for the customer. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, as a bartender, I look at my job as, you know, I'm, I'm the host. I'm the host of, a, of the party every night that I work, right? And so it's my job to make sure everyone is enjoying what they're eating, what they're drinking, and just having a general good time. So I don't know if there's enough bartenders that, you know, still look at it like that, but they should. You are the host. 
you know, it's up to me to make sure that everyone's enjoying themselves. Um, and I take that very seriously. And I enjoy it. When people are having fun, then I'm having fun. I enjoy, you know, entertaining people and helping them escape from the bullshit that's going on in our world on a daily basis, right? If they can, if they can walk in here for an hour or two and just forget about the bullshit going on, then I've, you know, then I've done my job. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to local record store which is some digging in itunes and load up on some new songs also if you get a chance please go check out some live music somewhere it could be a great and worthwhile experience life is short go have some fun till next time one friday night on the selby corner cops drove by when i was selling marijuana threw me in a jail cell hotter than a sauna was just 17 Sure, it was a corner Despite receiving the best from my mama No one could save me, not even Dalai Lama Living my life like a Scorsese and drama Got me locked up and wearing jumpsuit pajamas Some brains under my lid. Got myself work, a car, made a kid from the street life. I managed to stay ahead and keep between the ditches, God forbid. Now, years later, I've heavy eyelids from losing sleep over the things I did. Can't say how much I'm so glad to be rid of those teenage years, but I hit the skit. One Friday night on the Selby corner, cops drove by when I was selling marijuana. Threw me in a jail cell hotter than a sauna. Was just 17 and sure I was a corner. And crime had been chewed up and spit out in my prime. So Sunday mornings when I rise and shine, I head downtown on my own dime to share my story with kids on paths like mine. Trying to wake them up while they do with their time. One Friday night on the Selby corner, cops drove by when I was selling marijuana. Threw me in a jail cell hotter than a sauna. Was just 17 and sure I was a corner. Despite receiving the best from my mama, no one could save me, not even Dalai Lama.
locked up and wearing jumpsuit pajamas. <laughs>